what if we could love the way Jesus did? Passionately, faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. A love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger. A love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question. How can we love better? Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
scripture I'd like to share with you today comes from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Instead of sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. God's word for us. You may be seated. Let's go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word. Let it cleanse us, let it pierce us, and let it be part of us today and through the week and through, through our lives, Lord. Lord, we look to you and we know that as broken people that only you can be there for us and only you can provide. And Lord, we thank you for that and we give you praise. And Lord, this morning we ask that you just be with us during worship and as we sing songs and in praise to you and as we go about our day. And Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Every time I try to make it all out Every time I try to stay stuck to And all those lonely roads that I have traveled There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the Yeah. 
I want to welcome especially our guests. We're glad you're with us. We invite you to come back, but before you leave today, please stop at the uh, next step counter, which is in the family gathering area, and we have a gift for you, and uh, again, we'd like to meet you. A couple quick things uh, that are happening in the worship service today. If you have a prayer request that you would like included in worship, you can actually text it to us, and it'll be included today. And there's the number, 402-242-5051. We're also going to be having communion. And here at 1C, we believe it, it, it is a beautiful gift given for all of God's people. Bread and wine, body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. So that will be taking place in just a little bit. Uh, also, something that happens throughout the summer months, uh, we have different Bible studies. And if you take a look up on the screen, here's just... Uh, some of them, they're all open. If you wanted to come to one or all of them, they're going to keep taking place throughout the, the summer months. Love for you to continue to study God's word, uh, how vital that is to lead us and guide us and direct us. So uh, that's it for announcements. Now coming up soon will be the joy baskets. What an opportunity for us to say thank you back to God for all the blessings he's given to us. May God bless our time of worship. You know, oftentimes I think uh, um, those outside the church feel like they have to get their stuff together before they can really be accepted into church. And this next song talks about quite the opposite of that. Um, uh, the song is Just As I Am. And you'll notice in there that uh, he does bring an offering um, in terms of that's representative of the body and blood of Christ. And it's just not necessary, um, but he's trying to show his devotion uh, to the Lord and, and just pleading for his help. And, and we can all use his help. 
um, when it comes to addiction. So just as I am. You say come just as you are Skin and bones smell like a bar You sure you want me there this way?
Today, we're going to be talking about the Tower of Babel. Now, what all took place was people started thinking more of themselves than they were about God. And if you think about that last song, how many times do we, whether it's a bottle or something, we put it in front of God? And God tells us just to pour it out, to put it aside and trust in me. That's why uh, this beautiful moment of Holy Communion is a stark reminder and a gracious gift where God says, I know you and I love you. And no sin will get in the way from me loving you. So one of the things we do in preparation for communion is we confess our sins and we get honest with God and with each other about our struggle and our need for his grace. So let's share together the words of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Justly deserved. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And the good news is simply this. God loves you so much that he was willing to give his only Son, and Jesus was willing to die on a cross be placed into a tomb, and on the third day rise again from the dead. And because of that, sins are forgiven. Because of that, his love is realized in our life. And may that good news uh, give you a sense of peace today that maybe you haven't had for a long time. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Weary traveler, beat down from the storms that you have weathered. Feels like this road just might go on forever. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we just thank you that we are able to come to you because each one of us is a weary traveler at times and we just thank you that you have open arms a prayer for my pre-op appointment that it goes well tomorrow. A prayer that my knee surgery went well and continued prayers for a painless and speedy recovery. Prayers for Barb Babel that she continues to get better and continues to lose weight. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers, the ones spoken and unspoken. Father, for you know what weighs heavy upon us 
Lord, we just ask you to give us the strength to come to you, to lay it at the foot of the cross, and to trust you that you are always with us and that you care for us. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up here nice and close. We're talking about the Tower of Babel this morning, and we've got a special guest with us this morning to help us learn about the Tower of Babel. So come on up nice and close. Yeah, find a seat up here. All right. This is a special guest we haven't seen in a little while. All right. It's George. All right. So, George, you want to come on out? Hey, George. Squirrel, quack, 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 quack. George, what have you been up to? Squirrel, quack, 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 I, I don't understand a word you're saying, George. Do you understand a word George is saying? No, me either. George, this is what? I don't understand a word you're saying. George, this is not working. I don't, that's it, I'm out of here, George. That makes no sense at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. Greg, Greg. Greg, come back. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Greg, Greg, come on, man. <laughs> George. I'm just playing, Greg. <laughs> Why? Whoa. Are you mess Why are you messing with me, George? Whoa, I got you so good, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Did you hear me say squabble? <laughs> I almost <laughs> broke there. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but why were you oh. doing that, George? Well, Greg, of course, what do you think? You said we were talking about the Tower of Babel. That was babbling, yep. Yeah, you were babbling. What does that have to do with oh, you messing with me? Greg, come on. you got to know this story better than that if you're going to be the kid's pastor around here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, come on, Greg. You're, you're confused. the people's language uh, so they could not understand each other. You right, remember that, Mr. Right, Greg? Yeah, and wow, you somebody get this guy a Bible. <laughs> I got one right here, George. You definitely confuse things, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you're so right. Funny. You're right, though. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm good. Because after after Noah and his ark, God blessed Noah after the flood and said to his family, "Be fruitful, increase in number, and cover, fill the earth. Right? Fill the Yikes. earth." Yikes. And but you know what? People didn't. Am do I that. right, ladies? Whoa. People didn't do. <laughs> people didn't do that though, George. No, they didn't. They didn't increase in number and fill the earth. They kind of had their own plan. They stayed put, and they started building a huge tower up to heaven so they could make a name for themselves instead of spreading throughout the whole world. Yeah, and that's they, why God confused their language, right, Mr. Greg? That's right. That's why God confused the language. But why did you mess with me? Well, that was just for fun, Mr. Greg. Uh -huh. You got to admit that was fun. 
You try it. Say squibble squabble like 17 times. Go. You're at zero. And the, the kids wonder why you don't come more often, why I don't have you up here more often, George. Well, at least they used to wonder, but... I'm just messing with you, George. Oh, no. it's okay, okay, okay. No, so I am thankful. Fun, I am it? so thankful. Squibble, thank squibble, 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 squabble. Yes, I am very thankful <laughs> you're here, George. <laughs> and oh, I'm man. very thankful for Jesus yeah, because if Jesus didn't come to save us, we would be all kind of confused and lost in our own plans instead of being saved by Jesus, Yeah, right? that's not a good feeling, is it, Mr. Gray? No, no, no. Being confused nope. and lost and not understanding what's going on? Nope, it's not. That happens occasionally. When that you're, would when be, you're here, I mean, I understand oh, absolutely yeah. everything. Okay, good, good. Well, hey, what do you say we pray? I love that idea, too. All right, all right. Okay. Kids, you want to pray with us? You can repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love and forgiveness. Thank you for your love and forgiveness. Even when we go our own way. Even when we go our own way. Help us to follow your plans. Help us to follow your path. And not our own. And not our own. Amen. Amen. Hey, George, thanks for coming and being hey, back. What's up, Squeak and Quinkle? Squibble, squabble, squibble, squabble. Squibble, yeah. Squeak, stinker, squeak, squeakin'. All right, boys, you can head on back to your seats. I think I'm going to head squeak, on back. Squeak, yeah. squeak, squibble, squeak, squabble, squabble. squabble. Yeah. when people give me ideas going out of church. Last week, somebody walked out and said, wouldn't it have been great if you would have had some kind of sound to be with the rain as you talked about Noah and the ark? And then it made me think, oh, you know, I'll do it even one better. We'll have the sound and some pictures. And we grabbed a little bit of the Good Friday, if you were here for Good Friday. We don't know what the storm was like, but we do know that the Bible says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It rained for the very first time. They, they never saw it. They didn't know what it was like. So we're not quite sure what it was, but it was pretty intense in order to fill the earth with water. And then we're told that they, they kind of stayed in the ark for a while until God told them it was time to get out. Uh, estimates are that they were probably in the ark about one year. Can you imagine what that would be like? Uh, I don't think it's a, a, like a luxury cruise, if you've ever been on a cruise. Maybe you were irritated with certain people, but you didn't have two animals of everything, and only eight people that were like family, and you know what it's like traveling with family for just like a week? Can you imagine a year? Wow. So we left off last week with 
Noah kind of going into the ark and the rain starting to come. And we just kind of left it there because the story of Noah, there's so much to it. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about what happened with Noah and then transition into this story of the Tower of Babel. Maybe you've heard it before, but it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. So let's uh, get right away into the text. And uh, we're going to look at uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 15 and following. We're told, then God said to Noah. So the uh, rain stopped, the waters receded, and now we have God speaking. Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. Okay, so that's chapter 8. This is God kind of giving a command. Now what to do? Uh, the rains did their thing. The flood took place. And he tells them in Genesis 8 to, to go out. And then we jump to chapter 9. And it says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Then we go a couple more verses down the road. As for you... Be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth, and increase upon it. So if you go back in time, if you go back to Adam and Eve, it, it's exactly what God was telling Adam and Eve to do. He is now reasserting that after he wiped out everything, except for Noah and his family. And this is what the plan was, according to God. Be fruitful, make more people, increase in number, which is the results of being fruitful. And then number three, spread out over the earth. All of the earth. So there we end, really, chapter 9, and then we jump into chapter 10, and then we're going to get to 11. So 10 is kind of sitting there in between. Uh, chapter 10 in Genesis no, is known as the Table of Nations. All of a sudden, we get this big, long list and if you ever want to look for a unique name to call a child, look at Genesis chapter 10. There are some really wild names that are really hard to pronounce, but they might be fun to name a child. Uh, but there's a whole big long list. Now, how did that happen? Where did that come? Well, remember, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, from them come 70 nations. And here's the number of them. Shem, 26 of them. Ham, 30 of them. Japheth, 14 of them. This is now, you see this fulfillment of what God told Noah in chapter 9. To go. To go. Get out there. Get going. But then something takes place. This is where we now transition into chapter 11. And we see mankind at its worst or best. I'm not sure how to quite say it. This is verse 1 and following. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that they may be, make a name for themselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. 
So now we're going to look at the plan according to mankind. They aim to build a city. They aim to build a tower in a, the city that reaches to the heavens. They aim to make a name for themselves. And then they aim not to be dispersed over the whole earth. So God said one thing. They're now going to do something else. And there is a word that just kind of sits there, at least for me, of what this is all about. And it's the word rebellion. Opposition to authority. Now, why is there rebellion? How did this all happen? How did this work? Um, we have to go actually before the heavens, uh, before the earth was created, right? Uh, there was this relationship that God had with his angels. And part of that relationship was this thing called free will. Because remember, God is a loving and gracious God. God is not an oppressor. He doesn't say, you are going to follow me no matter what. Rather, he goes like this. These are my commands. This is what I want. I'd like for you to follow that. And we can have this beautiful relationship. But remember in the heavens, Lucifer, not liking the way things were, wanted his own thing. So there was a battle, and Lucifer was sent out. So there is a judgment. But I wrote down a couple others. You know, we go to Adam and Eve, right? Oh, my goodness. God told them, don't eat from the tree. What did they do? Ate from the tree. And you've heard me say this before. Boy, if I was God, I would childproof the garden so there'd be nothing that they could touch that would hurt themselves. But that's not a relationship. He wants a relationship. So he gives Adam and Eve this free will to be in the garden, to enjoy all of this, and also to stay away from that one tree in the middle, and they decided to do it. And then you see, again, that fruit of sin that just keeps going. We go from Adam and Eve right into the next generation of Cain and Abel, and we talked about how Cain killed Abel because Cain was, well, feeling jealous. Actually, feeling rebellious. And there's other stories. I mean, I wrote down just a couple. You know, there was Saul, great King Saul. He was removed as king because of his rebellion against God's word. Or how about the story of Jonah, right? What a story. God told Jonah to go this way. What did he do? He went that way. That's called rebellion. And aren't we glad that it, rebellion ended in the Old Testament, that we don't see rebellion anymore? Oh, well, that's right. We saw it in the New Testament, of course, during the time of Christ, and then it ended there. No, rebellion continues, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it happens. Now back to the story of the Tower of Babel. What did God do? He saw the rebellion. He saw the plan according to mankind. So what did he do? Did he take a step back? And say, have at it. No. He does something pretty unique. And the scriptures capture it. We're told in verse 5. The Lord, big letters there, came down. Whoa. Why? 
Couldn't he have just stayed up in the heavens? No. See, the thing about God is he loves to rub elbows with humanity because he loves his crowning moment of creation so much that he says, I'm going to come down. And it says he came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. Wow. And then verse 6, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is, the only, this is only the beginning of what they will do. So he's kind of seeing out there and saying, Oh, my goodness. It's almost as if maybe he's thinking, Here they go again. Made Adam and Eve, had all these hopes and dreams, kind of reset things, right? You know, I, I don't know if I used it at the, uh, this first service, but talk about, like, my, my phone example. I was trying to text Terry back there a question, and it wouldn't send. So what did I have to do? Restart my phone so that maybe it would go through, and it did then, finally. So, you know, God kind of did that with Noah and with this earth. Let's reset everything, restart everything, and it, it'll go good. But then it started going, and the people thought they knew better. That's called rebellion. Come, let us go down and there and confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So he needed to do something about it. He gave them all this freedom, and then he still needed to kind of step in. I'll say this in my office quite often. There is plan A, right? There is plan A. This is what God wants more than anything. But because of free will, sometimes people like you and me choose plan B, which is not God's plan A. And plan B is always, always, quote, worse than plan A. But the good thing about God, he can take plan B and make it plan A. He can redeem anything. And his desire is to redeem everything. You and me and situations and circumstances, it's just who he is. And I came across this in, in reading, and I don't even know where I found it, but it, I think it's so true. When God permits a thing, right, whatever that is, he does so for a reason. And that reason is part of a plan. And if I could just add the word divine to that. You see, God is divinity. Divinity means holy. Holy means perfect. Perfect means you can count on it all the time. But sometimes we don't count on it. Sometimes we think we know better. And even though God says, this is my plan, we decide, I think we have a better plan. But just picture God looking at this all playing out and thinking, okay, how can I do something about this? How can I redirect this and, and restart this so that people like Jim Thielen can get it right? I'm going to jump you like quantum years later. All right? So we have um, 
John, now in the book of Revelation, he's going to write something that is about something that's to come. Right? Something that we don't even know when, but we know what. So we, we go from the Tower of Babel, and we move all the way over to the book of Revelation. And this is, again, John speaking about 2,000 years ago. And he says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people from, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then chapter 7, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is a picture of what is to come. What a glorious picture. It doesn't matter what nation you are from. It doesn't matter what part of the world you live in. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor, black or white. It doesn't matter. He will assemble us again in the glories of heaven. Now, how is he going to do it? I love John 3.16, so I'm going I'm to read it from the message version. You know, if you ever want to have a little bit of fun, look at Eugene Peterson's um, version of this. And he says this, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his, only, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. You get it? Um, it's on God's heart. He doesn't want to have to do what he did at Noah's time. But he's coming down again. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to come to this earth. By believing in him, Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to help and to put the world right again. So 2,000 years ago, when we see this baby born in Bethlehem, when we see him grow up as a man and do what was necessary for you and for me to make the world right again, and we see him on that cross we see him come out of that tomb on the third day. Just like he did at the time of Tower of Babel, he, he did. He, he came to this earth. Why? In fact, maybe let's go even back to the story of the Tower of Babel. Why were all these nations? What was it all about? God said to go out into the world. Was it just to populate the world? There's much more to it. I'm going to tell you this very clearly. It is so that the glory of God would start going out like this. Remember, God had this idea. He said, let us make man in our image. Now, if you know the image of God, it is holy, it is perfect. It is awesome. And he says, I'm going I'm to make mankind in my image. So, so 
connect the dots if you would. Just walk with me for a second. You are made in his image for a purpose to display the glory of God. Yes, we have our rebellious moments. That's sin. But God's spirit comes to people like you and me and says, you know what? I'm going to give you my glory. And now what you do with it matters. It matters. It matters in any relationship you have on this earth, no matter where God has planted you. He says, my glory is to be evidenced in and through you. My glory is to be evidenced even in spite of you. That's the good news. Even though we're rebellious, even though we go our own way, God just says, hey, come on back, kids. Come on back. I'll make it right again. I'm going to give you my glory, and then you take that and you share that with everybody, wherever you go, so that more and more people can not just see the image of God, but experience the image of God in their life. So be image bearers. In marriage, in parenting, with your siblings, at the workplace, schools, in the community and where we live, be image bearers. Walk in with that, with the intent, with the intent so that other people will have that beautiful glory of God as well. Amen? Let's stand. And we're going to share together the Apostles' Creed. And what a beautiful summary of this image of God, right? The image of God. And how he wants to have that image in and through us. So let's share these words out loud together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins,